Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. You are listening to the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. And Julie, I don't know about you, but I am not handling the time change well. <laughs> it's an hour, Leanne. I know. So I just, I have had a lifelong issue with the time change, but usually I'm okay in the fall. And then in the spring, I start to resent losing that hour and it bugs me for weeks, but I just, I keep getting up at like three 30 in the morning. I mean, I'm totally off. Oh, now are you finding you want to like uh, eat dinner earlier? Too? Yeah. Oh, I'm eating like 12 meals a day. I mean, I can't like, it's, what is it? I, we're doing this Tuesday morning at 9am. I've already had breakfast and lunch because so I just, you know, Sunday, I felt good Sunday afternoon. And then by 630, I was like, time to go to bed. Oh, it's 630. You know, that feeling. I just am not handling it well this year. Well, I know it. I know. I'm sure it's a syndrome, Leon. I'm sure there's a national support group for this syndrome, <laughs> and I think you could be the celebrity spokesperson. I hadn't thought about that. I know oh. my three friends are also having a hard time. I noticed that my dog yes. is really just you know he by two thirty Sunday <laughs> afternoon he was just staring me in the face like. Where is my dinner? He's usually fed between 3.30 and 4.30. He usually starts his campaign to be fed about 3.30. He was like pacing around like a, like a wild animal. So, uh, and you know, my dog does not pace too no. much. <laughs> no. And uh, you know, I have to, I have to agree. Uh, you know, Mia puts herself to bed. It's her finest quality is that she just like puts herself in her crate. And last night she went to bed about seven twelve. you know, at night it's like, good night. It's like, it's going to be a long night for you in that crate, but not so much. Cause I got up at four 30. So there you go. Whew. But you know what? Don't let, don't despair because we have a full show for you today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about college admissions. Uh, we have a new segment on the show I'm calling Information Hodgepodge. And then um, uh, Julie has a report from the First Lady's desk, and we have some picks and pans. So a big, full Satellite sister show. You know, you can always find, uh, we try to put all the links from previous shows at our website. So if you're looking for a link to something, go to SatelliteSisters.com. That's where you'll find it. But um, so Julie, how's the broken wrist? Any update on that? You yeah. had the surgery. Surgery last week, uh, getting better. I, I, yeah, it is. I'm I'm actually better, Leanne. I would say I'm finally kind of pain free. I'm through the worst of it. I have a, a very chubby cast. That's the way I would describe. Really? It. A, yeah, it's a very, very, very fat chubby cast. I don't know why. That's what they put on. I go back to the doctors uh, at the end of the week, and I'll find out. What color um, is it? It's well, it's not even no, it's not even a hard cast. It's more like a splint with an ace bandage. Oh, a hard splint again, because I have plates in I have a nice titanium plate holding my wrist back together. So I you know, I don't need the hard cast the way you would if you were just hoping that the bones would grow together by themselves. 
my bones are going to grow together because of the plate, not the cast. Oh. So, but I have this very big, fat, chubby cast. And so now I'm just in the wildly inconvenient stage of this broken bro- 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 <laughs> right. And yeah. it mainly centers around like dressing. Now, yeah. you know, now, you know, I love my husband and, you know, a husband of 35 years and he has very fine, he has very fine qualities, but he was just, he's just not one of these guys that like, when I was pregnant, like painted my toenails, you know, you know what I'm right. talking about? Yes, and, I believe me. Yeah. I married the same man. Right. Yep. So, so the, I, I, so getting dressed is still somewhat of a challenge, buttons, zippers, hooks, kind of things, getting things over my head, you know, <laughs> around this big fat chubby cast. I mean, it's pretty much eliminated most of my clothes and, and that hasn't been a problem because I've been wearing yoga pants and a tank top and some kind of sweatshirt or zip up jacket, you know, so it's, I've been kept it pretty simple, but even that my, uh, my husband seems to have a challenge and, you know, I'm trying to be patient, Liam, but yeah. as, as our late mom would say, my toes are curling. You know, it's like, it's like scrunch up this shirt to put it over my head. Don't you know? You know, you, you just, you, you, know, you have some scenes in the bathroom. It's too bad. But I will say the one area of dressing that he's really excelled at is I can't get my cast wet. So in order to take a shower, I have to wrap a garbage bag around my cast. And then duct tape it to keep it, you know, to keep it secure. So the garbage bag and the duct tape, my husband's doing a fabulous job. That, that area is good. So, so the dressing has not, you know, it's just every day it's a little bit of an ordeal. But, but here's the big deal, Leon. Tomorrow, um, this is a project that um, um, a volunteer organization that I've been working with. That when you came to Dallas, Educational First Steps. Oh, right. Yeah. Party. For this organization, I'm on the board because of your, you know, because of your generosity, your presence, we raised over a thousand dollars for educational first steps. I'm happy to say educational first steps is a not for profit organization in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And what it does is it works with existing daycare centers in low income areas and it doesn't build new daycare centers, but it goes into centers where essentially preschoolers are like sitting around watching TV and it turns them into accredited preschools. I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic organization. It has very dramatic results. And I've been really happy to, you know, to have worked with it. Well, tomorrow, this is something we've never done. We're having our first fundraising luncheon. And you know who our guest speaker is? I don't. Who is? Well, this is Laura Bush. Mrs. Laura Bush is our is our, is the is the guest speaker tomorrow at our first luncheon. So our the reigning the reigning first lady there in Texas. Yes, yes, she is. <laughs> and, and she is. This is one of the things that she does. That she is willing to come to speak um, to organizations that work on education, reading, pre you know preschoolers, and so so we you know feel really honored and are so excited that Mrs. Bush is going to be our keynote speaker. Yeah, it must be very first- hard to actually get on her schedule. So that oh. is a real coup. I would okay. imagine she's asked like a hundred times a week to do things like this. Yeah. Yes. And so um, I was not involved in actually setting up this luncheon, but hats off to, you know, all of the men and women that worked on it because it's going to be great. So that's all good. I'm going, you know, first lady's desk. I want to be there, all of that. Okay. But here's the problem, Leanne. 
I can't, there's nothing I can wear. I no. cannot wear my yeah. sweatpants tomorrow. I cannot wear my yoga pants, okay? And when I say that, I mean, literally, I have gone through my closet with my chubby cast and I just can't get my sleeve, my, my arm down sleeves. I can't, there's just, I, I mean, a couple, except for some summer sleeveless dresses, which again, pose its own problems because then you have zippers, you have hooks, you have, you have spanks, you have um, pantyhose, you have all kinds of right. and, and it's too late for self tanning. You've missed that opportunity. I'm uh, sure you're as pale as a ghost now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes Lynn, thank you. Thank you. That is, that's it. So, Leah, I am in a fashion dilemma. Okay. Okay. So I just, I, you know, even I have like pants, but I have not that I have like no tops. So I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And Leon, you know what I'm going to do. You know where I'm going. You're going to Chico's. You know, I'm going to Chico's. <laughs> that is, that was my inspiration because the thing that I realized in, in this with the giant chubby cast is the ideal outfit is a poncho. It's a you know, poncho. Because... It's exactly what I was thinking. I bought a new poncho at Chico's last week that would look great on you. <laughs> okay, see, this is it. You know, you know I'm going to Chico's, okay? So, again, I can't drive. Wildly inconvenient because I've got the broken right hand, so I'm not allowed to be behind the wheel of the car yet. Um, but... Uh, but I get my husband to uh, to drop me off at Chico's, and I have to say those those ladies in there they're just awesome. They immediately understood the situation. You know what I mean? They they understood that I needed to be able to get my chubby you know chubby cast through something, and they went right to the ponchos. So, oh, good. You know, first word she said is poncho. I mean, she didn't she didn't say sweater. She didn't say travelers. She was she knew immediately that that's what I needed. So, Leanne, I was able at you know again at uh, Chico's where you again you can buy things with with all kinds of discounts. Right. I have I have a nice a sleeveless white shirt with a good collar. Okay. So that's, that's good that I can, I can get into and the buttons are big enough. <laughs> I don't know whether it's Chico's or what, but I can actually button my shirt by myself. Um, and then I've got a nice uh, sort of bl- open black poncho thing and then pull on black pants. Because, right. man, because that's the other thing. I mean, you can't, it's very, you know, it's very difficult to zip up or hook pants if you've right. only got one hand. Right. And, and I may need to go to the ladies room at some point, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I can't like guarantee, like if I get into a pair of pants at nine o'clock in the morning, that by two o'clock in the afternoon, I might, you know, you know what I mean? Right. I, absolutely. No, you have, and it's, as you said, it's hard with one hand. So did you get yourself some unstoppable sparkle while you were there? Did you get a necklace or something? I, I, I have, I have a couple of necklaces here that I, you know, with the help of my daughter-in-law, I'm going to slap on some earrings and some necklace and, and a necklace. And I believe that I've got an outfit because I get to have my picture taken oh. with Mrs. Laura Bush. Oh. So I am going to be there in my Chico's outfit and I'm very proudly standing next to the, um, the first lady and so <laughs> grateful that she's coming to speak to our organization. So so. Oh, Julie, well, I can, I'm sure, I, I think I, uh, res, I think I'm going to echo what everyone's thinking. We want to see the, the photo when it happens, yes. not, not so, only for the first lady, but really for the poncho. I want to, because I'm proud of you because you were poncho resistant in the past. Yes. I tried yes. to talk you into a poncho last spring and you couldn't commit. So, right. uh, I'm proud of you, Jewel. That's as my son said the other day, you have a lot of those things, don't you? I was like, yeah, I do really <laughs> <laughs> quite a collection now. Ah. 
Well, you know, as as anyone who has a broken wrist will tell you, it's the ideal clothing item. Again, because it's cold, it's it's a little bit colder. Right. In sure. It's sure. Fifty degrees. You know, I can't show up in the summer dress. No, okay? we understand. We got yeah. it. We want to see the photo. So have a. That's a good choice. Well done, Julie. Well done. So um, put my makeup on with my left hand. So that. That, yeah. that may, I, I might, I might get a neighbor to help me on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> neighbor. Okay. I've seen your neighbors. I, I don't know if you want to enlist them in makeup application, but okay. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you know, let move on. We're moving on to college admissions. Okay. All right. There was a story in the New York Times today, and because I was up at three thirty in the morning, I think I I I emailed it to you at like four fifteen a.m. I was a little surprised at that early start. <laughs> you know, it just it made me think of well, it made me think of you, and then it made me think of me because a couple things happening in the college admissions front. I went through it last year with my older son Brooks, and then this weekend I actually volunteered to do alumni interviews at my alma mater, um, Pomona College in Claremont, uh, admissions interviews. And so I'm going out there this weekend to actually interview potential students. And one of the reasons I decided to volunteer was twofold. First of all, um, I've been an active volunteer there for many years. I live in the area and I'm terrible at asking for money. And I'm just, I'm tired of pretending that I can ask for money. I'm not good at it. So I think that my time and my talents are better spent in other areas. So I was curious about, you know, the admissions interview. I thought, oh, I can do that. I'd like to do that. And then um, secondly, I have uh, written letters of recommendations for three students in the past who have been applying to Pomona, all of whom were rejected, early decision, <laughs> not even not even rolled over. <laughs> So uh, I thought all three, honestly, were very, very fine candidates. So I'm just curious about really who's applying to this school and uh, who's getting in. And I I don't think I can sway the admissions process that much, but I just thought I would like to be a little bit more informed about who's getting in. So that's that's what I'm doing this weekend. And then today in the New York Times, there was an article about how colleges across the country are using parents of current students as admissions volunteers, that they're marshalling, I think, the anxiety and the helicopter instincts of parents of our generations into something more positive. They said positive helicopter parenting. They're not showing up at their student's door once a week, but they are like showing up and representing the college that their kids go to at college fairs in their area or doing tours or alumni or interviews parent interviews. And I thought that was really unusual because I thought the whole point of paying that much money for college was that you didn't have to volunteer. (laughs) Okay. So Julie, I want to run a couple things by you because in your former life, you were in college admissions at Tulane and at Stanford, and you've done this for a long time. So first of all, what should I ask those kids at the, at the interview this weekend? What do you think I should do? Well, I'm, I'm first surprised that they that the admissions office at Pomona hasn't given you any guidance about what you should ask. No, been trained in any way. No, <laughs> unless I missed that memo. But no. Okay. Again, I have been. Uh, uh, here's the caveat: I've been out of the admissions game for a long time, so I have enough information to be dangerous and probably inaccurate. But all my alarm bells are going off right now that that you would have alums just out there like winging it. Okay, I think that is. 
from an admissions point of view is a really bad idea, (laughs) really bad idea. Because just, I mean, again, because you may not represent what's really going on at the college right now, or worse, that, you know, that you're just going to like, you're going to feel like you, you know, you have to go on some power trip, not that you would do this, Leanne, but some power trip and start grilling these students in some way that's going to have an adverse effect on the applicant. Like they don't want to apply to Pomona. They interviewed with that crazy woman, Leanne Dolan. You know what I mean? Well, I have been asked to arrive 15 minutes early. Uh, oh, and oh, been, be okay. 15 been, minutes. Yeah, so I, the, there may very well be. I know that there's a checklist we have to fill out, so there may very well be, like, a list of questions that that they do hand us. I just uh, – I am I have not had any formal training yet. And I my my – my instinct is that I will be quite the opposite. I will actually be looking for kids that have done nothing in particular during high school. <laughs> so, I, I think if you're highly accomplished and like published, I'm not interested in you. I'm, I would like, I don't know. I'd like to meet the dabbler. Uh, I'd like a few dabblers to get into the school, but so that's again, another reason not to employ (laughs) alums or parents with people with their own agenda, which may not align with the agenda of the, of the college or the university. So, you know, I think, I think those could be problems, but but let's, but, and here's the other thing, and I don't want to, I don't want to burst your bubble because I know because, because you're Lee and you're taking this, your responsibility and your obligation very seriously. I am, yes. So know that you'll do that. I think whatever you write down in terms of notes after the interview and send into the college, <laughs> I, I can't think that they're going to weigh really heavily in the admissions decision. That's what, <laughs> again, it's just, it's a control thing. Like, I mean, how can, how can you, like, how can you rely on the comments of, like, Leon Dolan in Pasadena, you know? And then you have Freelance to admissions interviewer, yeah. Who had 15 minutes of training, okay? So really has a good gauge on what you should be looking at in 18-year-olds and what's going on. But At least I, I have an 18-year-old. I feel yes. like I'm starting. I don't have some nostalgic view of, like, how the world operates today because I've looked at some of my fellow alums are, you know, quite a bit older than me. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, I actually fall in an interesting category because they, they sent out a list. Here's who's coming on various days. And you either are just out of college. That seems to be very popular, like two or three years out of college, or you've been out of college 50 years. And I feel like at least I'm one of the few alums that volunteered that actually has teenagers and like understands at at least the process of admissions from a parent's point of view. Okay. So I would like to just stand up for myself a tiny bit. I feel. <laughs> no, I, I think again, I, I mean, you're totally suitable. Um, <laughs> so you have no, you have no instructions for me, no actual well, I questions. Do, I, do, I do have actual questions. I think if you do the interview again, you know, I, I think that the best, the best interviews that, and I did a lot of admissions interviews are when you, the, the you know, the less you speak, the better and, and let them really talk the whole time. That's really, that's an ideal interview because then you'll get more information. You'll, you'll get a better sense of the student and what he or she is interested in. So I, you know, I always started, but it's, there's, again, there's techniques. I went to professional schools to learn how to do this, but I'll just, I'll just. Hey, I'm an interviewer. I've interviewed Bill Clinton for God's sakes. All right. All right. 
so so it's it's what what you call it, it's an event based interview. You know, just you know, ask them something like, "Tell me about something that gets you really excited," and then just don't say anything and let let the let the kid really talk about something that excites him, and try to move them beyond what you know. Because I I think now, as you know, because you have eighteen year olds, and I've heard this from so many of my friends that have college college age or college bound kids is, you know, how competitive it is and how they're, you know, everybody's so rehearsed and practiced at all this stuff, but you want to get, just have a, you know, like a very simple question, like what gets you excited to, and, and then ask a series of follow-up questions about that. So you can gauge their level of interest, you know, you can get some sense of their intellectual curiosity, their, their, you know, their communication skills, the breadth of their knowledge about something that they said they're interested in. So, because okay, I was going to ask, who's your favorite band? So you don't think that's a good lead off question? <laughs> Yankees or Red Sox? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I'm kidding. I actually think who's your favorite band, just, though, is a legitimate question. I think that's very revealing. See, this is why I, if I used alums for interviewing, I did a lot of training because because you have thought about this and you think that's a good question. Well, I think, I think it is not, a good question. I mean, what what gets what, you excited? Well, yeah, what you know. Gets you yeah what gets you excited boom okay Okay. and let them talk about it okay or what do you you know what do you just you know can you tell me about a time when you were disappointed you know and again it's a very open-ended question and then you know you follow up with uh, questions to find out you know what was their role and you know the excitement or disappointment what did they do you know and then you you really you get you get get some sense of how they operate in the world yeah so, All right. Go with <laughs> okay. But I don't know. I don't know, Leon. I just yeah. And then so, um, but after in the fifteen minutes that you're getting your instructions, they're going to go over all. Of I'm this. sure they will. Well, I know there's a continental breakfast, Julie. That's what oh. I know, and that's fifteen minutes. And that when I leave, I get a swag bag. I know that too. Okay. There, there you have it. So. so. But I think the other thing to realize, and I remember this from my sons, that a couple of the um, alumni interviews or alumni interviews they did, you know, that really turned them off to a particular school just because they thought the interviewer was such a, a jerk. I mean, oh, well, I don't, that's I mean, not possible. I, I'm not going to turn anyone. You're off. not going to. No, you're not going to be. <laughs> I'm not. wearing a poncho. I already picked my outfit out. I'm wearing my poncho. Where, where am I? It's, you know, I ha- when my son interviewed last year at Pitzer, which is one of the the Claremont colleges, and a terrific uh, little school there, and with an increasingly difficult, um, increasingly harder to get into, uh, and very cool programs. He had like a very cool senior girl interview him, and she asked a question that I thought was really good. She said, "What course would you like to see on the curriculum here at Pitzer that would really pique your interest?" And um, his answer was real estate around the world because. Okay. But, you know, she thought that was a really good answer. I mean, he's from a real estate family and he said, you know, you could tell a lot about a culture through their real estate. And she was really intrigued by that. But I I was going to steal her question, too. I thought that was a good question. That is a good question. And obviously you should ask them why they want to go to Pomona. Right. You know? Okay. That's uh, it's. I'm thinking that's going to be on the list, but I don't know. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> that they might I give mean, us during the continental breakfast. Specific, other than the continental breakfast, <laughs> something specific about why why Pomona, right. you know, why does that fit for them, you know? And so. that's fifteen minutes. Your favorite band, what course, why Pomona? That's fifteen minutes right there. I don't know yet. Okay, Lynn. Well, you're going to be in good, good shape. Okay. You know, Julie, I was a DJ at the radio station, and it's very important to me. I, I want, okay. I want to make sure that that radio history of Pomona continues. Alarm bells are going off. Okay, here's so here's just a tip. I, they, they really don't want to hear about your time at Pomona. No, okay. that I know. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. That I know. Don't that take is it annoying. down memory lane with that. No, okay. So, I have well. no interest in that. I, I really don't. I, I have no interest in here. I, I, I am interested in the actual potential students. I will say that. So I am interested in who they're taking in these days and who's applying and stuff like that. Okay. Well, those are all good tips. And then as, in terms of the trend of admissions officers, offices using parents, you're also oh, against that, I can see. Even, <laughs> even worse. It's a step. It's, it's, it's At a, least I went to the school, for God's right, sakes. Exactly. It seems to me it's like the worst possible representatives for the school. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because, again, they have a little information. Right. But they are not really on campus. So they, they, you know, they did not really apply there. They didn't go there. They don't, you know, I mean, yes, they're paying, paying a lot of money to send their children there. But I, I, I mean, I, I just feel like they are like the, the, the control issue about giving out accurate information. And you know this, you know this from um, having your son apply to school. But, you know, a lot of parents say they're just sort of whipsawed around with all these rumors or they hear some, you know, like some piece of misinformation and then, oh, you know, don't include this in your application or you better exclude that, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I just see parents as being a real fountain of uh, misinformation. (laughs) Absolutely. I am envisioning it now. Yeah, I'm envisioning some of the conversations I've had, and then if that parent was like standing behind the the table at a college fair representing, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right, Julie. Yeah, so that, but I, but I understand from the school's point of view, they have very limited budgets. You have all these helicopter parents that are hovering. I guess they're trying to figure out something positive to do, but it seems like to me it would be a, such such a nightmare. You know, I mean, because I mean, really. You want the college talking to the student. I mean, you do want the parents to have some, you know, and to have their their input, but to have them as representatives, I, big thumbs down. I only have one thumb that I can turn down. Like, <laughs> one thumb down. One thumb down on that, okay? Uh, well, what do you think? Do you think it's a good idea to have parents involved? No, I was thinking the same thing as you, that they really have super limited information about the actual school and they are getting it through their child who may or may not like it may or may not have a good college roommate so and then right just parents spouting off on the admissions process it's a font of misinformation yeah yeah Yeah, last year when i did my podcast series the college bound chronicles i taught i was not the expert i was just a parent going through it and i had dr nancy burke with me who had written a book on college admissions and is a psych is a a therapist a phd in psychology like she had some expertise she had talked to hundreds of admissions directors and writing her book so there was an actual expert on the process whereas other parents you know they have one tiny point of view so uh all right. Well, there. Right. Well, and I certainly won't good be. Luck with the, good luck with that interview. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know how it goes. Definitely take notes during your 15 minutes of training. Okay. Well, okay. it says we have to fill out like the electronic sheets like right away and hand them in like there. 
our, our impressions of the students. So, yeah. 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 So, um, no, I'll be taking notes. I'm going to take this very seriously. I'm going to take it very seriously. All right, Julie, we are moving on to a new segment here, um, here on the Tuesday Satellite Sisters. I'm calling information hodgepodge. These okay. were things that I read about over the week that didn't really deserve mountains of time during the podcast, but I just thought they were interesting, so I'm going to pass them on. Okay, All right. great. All right. First one is uh, from a study uh, from researchers in Taiwan. And you know that old saying, there's six degrees of separation, right? Like yes. e each person in the world is connected via six degrees of separation. Well, you know what, Julie? The new number is 3.9 degrees of separation. These are true. How the, is that? These because of social networking. The world is literally getting smaller and closer. These researchers in Taiwan actually cons um, uh, use data from 950 million people via different social networks and figured out that, nope, people are closer than they ever have been before. 3.9 degrees of separation. Pretty oh. incredible, isn't it? That is amazing. Okay? That's something positive for social networks. Yes. I mean, don't you see that on your own LinkedIn page? Well, I don't really understand LinkedIn, nor do I use it, but I'm surprised when the people are recommended to me. I'm like, oh, I didn't know she knew so-and-so. Huh, look at that. I don't... And then I do nothing about it, but that is... That is interesting. <laughs> okay, Jewel, I know you've been through a couple of family weddings. So I have uh, from weddings.com, there's some trends, wedding trends you do not have to follow. All right? Oh, oh, good, good, good. All right. I, I, I like weddings all the time. So all right. So. Go ahead. You can just ask anyone to be in your wedding party. You, you don't have to have bridesmaids or groomsmen. You, if you want, if you're four best friends or a mix of genders, go for it. Ask anyone in your wedding party or no one at all. That's what they're saying. Don't you know, worry about it. I, I agree with that. I think one of the great things about modern weddings um, is, you know, that, that you, some of the tradition, you know, that you just, you don't have to do that anymore. And I think it's very refreshing. And I think, I think really what you want is the wedding to be meaningful to the bride and groom. And uh, if they don't have a perfect number of bridesmaids and groomsmen, you know, if it's a mix, great, great. These are people that are standing up being witnesses. And that's, that's really the, um, the fundamental thing. So I'm, I think that's a great thing, Liam. All right. How about this one? You can have any stone in your setting. Does not have to be a diamond. Yeah. I'm yeah. totally for that. Yes. Yeah. I am completely for that. Especially after reading that book, The Engagements by Courtney Sullivan, which was sort of a history of like the diamond engagement ring in a yeah. novel setting. Um, you know, they just made that up. The De Beers company. It wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't even a thing before like 1950. It was just an ad slogan. And then they, that a diamond is forever, like cemented the idea of a diamond engagement ring. So well, that's true. And of course, Princess Diana, you know, she, her, she had the sapphire uh, encircled with diamonds. So I think that she really sort of set the trend for, you know, this, the um, future modern bride. Okay. Here's one. Uh, you can, okay. You can send out a handwritten invitation. I'm not sure why you would want to do that, but sure, right? I, I, I like the way wedding invitations have broken out of their traditional mode. I do too, Lynn. I like that they're colorful. I think the wide range of prints and styles, I think that's great. But okay, I'm up for the handwritten invitation because here's why. You need a piece of paper, okay? Right. That I know, I know that there's all kinds of occasions where people send a paperless post, uh, an electronic invitation, and that's fine. But for a wedding, 
everybody needs a piece of paper, don't you think? Yes. Right? Yes. yes. I, I agree with that. Right. Written invitation, any kind of written invitation I'm down with. Yeah. 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 I think that's good, particularly if you're planning on inviting grandmothers and things like that. that you know, they're not going to go for the evite, right? That's true. All right. How about this? Serve whatever you want for dessert. We don't need wedding cake. I have to say, we broke that mold at our wedding. We had cheesecake at our wedding. My husband wanted cheesecake, so we did not have a traditional wedding cake. But now people are serving cupcakes or pies or popsicles or whatever you want. I think popsicles are a bridge too far. <laughs> And then finally, you don't have to be, I think it should be a, like a dessert cake, a dessert product. Okay. I, a popsicle. Uh, I'm not, I'm not good with that. Chocolate okay. fountain. Not good. That's well, messy. that's not really the dessert. I mean, you need something, you know, pie is fine. You know, uh, a baked good. I think you need a baked good. Okay. All right. That's, I think we should hold the line, but that's, that's the line. Okay. If, you know, that, that our civilization will end as we know it if everyone starts serving popsicles at weddings. Okay. And how about this one? Last one. You don't have to wear white. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's true, Liam. You know, and, and you broke the mold early on, Liam. You had that short, you had a short white wedding gown. I did. Which was cute. It was uh, great. I, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I wanted my bridesmaids to be in white pantsuits, which mom smartly talked me out of. So ooh, ooh. I envisioned them looking like TLC, walking down the aisle with me in my white short dress. And that was, that would have really been something I regretted 25 years later. So, yeah. uh, they never would have spoken to you. No. Well, I, I, all right. Okay. Lillian, I know I'm supposed to say, yeah, that's good, but. I really, I, I'm not, I, I, I'm going to need a little more time to adjust to the bright red, um, red wedding gown. Um, I, I spent some time I did on wedding sites and I know over Halloween people were doing a lot of black and orange wedding gowns. Yeah, I don't no. Know. I, 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 I like the brides in white, I have to say, unless it's a second wedding, then it all bets are off. But even a cream is nice. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not crazy, I have to say, about the brides, bridesmaids in black. I, I, I still, I'm getting used to that. Of course, they look great. People look great in black. But um, I like a little color. I like a little color in the bridesmaids' dresses. But um, so there you have it. Okay. And last item in the informational hodgepodge, this comes right from our girl, Bobby Brown. Uh, So she has a great Q and a every month in health magazine. And um, she, again, she's just a fountain of information, Bobby Brown. So I know Julie, that you've probably been wondering if you've been layering, if you should be layering your skin products, right? I mean, yes, I wonder. I, yes. Well, I actually have quite a few skin products or I have like three or four key products from the natural skin shop. And I was taught by my uh, person there, Ginger, uh, my consultant there to layer them. And, but there's one item I have not been layering. Okay. Here is what Bobby said. You don't always need to layer, but if your skin is dry, you'll benefit from the extra hydration. So you're on board, right? You have dry yeah, skin. Yes, okay. Yes, here's yes. what Bobby Brown says. Apply eye cream first, always. It's in italics. It's capitalized. I don't put on eye cream. Do you? No, no. Well, I, but get, we got to get some eye cream. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I know you can't drive, so I'll get you some eye cream, and I'll stick it in my in the mail. Okay, and then you put on the rest of your products in order of consistency, starting with the lightest formula. That would be a gel or a serum, which I'm enjoying using serums. And if your skin feels soft and gleaming, stop there. It never does, Bobby. So if it disappears in second, use a boost, something balmy like a thicker moisturizing cream with 
with an extra layer of hydration. It will help you lock in everything. Plus, it's skin pumping, and you know we like that, filling in the lines. So eye cream always. Information hodgepodge, you heard it here. Well, Liam, <laughs> I actually learned something on that. I know. It's... And your segment is so I'm really happy. Okay, you've heard that, Satellite Sisters. Get on the eye cream. I think we're all... You don't think Bobby is just pushing her new line? Of no, remember when we had her on the show uh, and sh- she is just a huge believer in hydration, 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 like your skin, you, you look old if your skin is not hydrated properly. So this is completely in line with her philosophy and look at her. She looks great. You know, she is aging beautifully. So there yeah. you go. Okay. All right. Well, Leon, you know, um, I, I wanted to, um, you know, it's Tuesday and we usually do friends on Tuesday and I've been lying around this week. In my, uh, I've had a, some more free time. Well, let me just say that with my broken wrist. So I was on the Huffington Post, and they have a a beauty trend segment oh. watching. And I just wanted to run some of these beauty. It's Tuesday trends. I wanted. To, I thought maybe this week we'd do some beauty trends. So this uh, dovetails nicely with what we were just talking about. But some of these trends, again, I, I I just I need some more guidance. So here's the first one that everyone at the Huffington Post. They were totally committed to, and they were pointing out all kinds of celebrities that use this, and they feel like this is big now, and that is bushy brows. That, that if you really want to look young, you um, that the skinny little brow is out. You need okay. to go with the full-on Brooke Shields big bushy brows. Okay. Well, oh, that shit may have sailed, but alrighty. So what do you think? I think that's totally wrong. And I don't think it's necessarily going to make you look younger. If you, if you... I do think the really skinny brows, though, though, I do think those age. But it's hard once you, it's just hard to stop, to stop. Do they just get skinnier and skinnier? So the grow out period could be very ugly to get okay. back to the bushy brow. Just saying. Could be unflattering. <laughs> okay. Second one, braids. It's all about braids. Oh. We've all got to wear our hair in braids. Braids up, braids down, a variety of braids, 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 braids. And and they were committed to this, Liam. Well, I hope they're committed to dirndl skirts as well, because that's going to be a nice combination. <laughs> so there you go. Yes. Liam, there was a very famous um, uh, politician from the uh, from the Ukraine, Yulia Yukonshenko, and that she always wore her hair in a big blonde braid up on top of her head. Now, she didn't wear a dirndl dress, but um, but she could have pulled off the look. <laughs> Can I now, remember her? Yes. She's sitting in jail on corruption charges, <laughs> but, um, but nonetheless, I just imagine her in jail with the giant braids on her head. Um, moving on to the third trend, Leon, and and I know that this is this is one that I, I think satellite sisters can get behind, and that's the pixie cut. You know, it's oh, it's yeah. It's what do you think? Well, Liz um, has a cute pixie cut now. She's gone totally pixie. I saw her this weekend briefly. She she did a drive by for like ten minutes, and she looks great. Yeah, I like the pixie cut. I always have. And I think it's it's fun, it's fashionable, and uh, people of all ages can wear the uh, pixie cut, <laughs> yes. right? I yes. Okay. Yes. Third one. This is the fourth one, and when they said it, I actually, I had to, like, stop my computer, sort of move it back, and replay the video, because I had no idea what they were talking about, and so I will just say it the way they said it, and see if you understand what they were talking about, and that is bubblegum pink matte lipstick. Huh? Huh? Oh, really? Bubblegum pink matte lipstick. This is is the hot new color that we're all supposed to get into. Bubblegum pink pot lipstick. I think, again, that ship has sailed for us. So 
<laughs> I just, I, even matte lipstick is tough at, at past a certain age, according to Bobby Brown. Uh, yeah. Hydration, hydration, hydration. But uh, yeah, I think if you're like 25, I bet that looks super cute on you with your braids and your bushy bush. brows. Oh, yeah. you look really cute with that bubblegum pink matte lipstick. <laughs> Okay, William. That's that's what's going on at the Huffington Post in terms of fashion and beauty. That that's what celebrities are going to be into. So you can be looking for those friends. I will, Joel. All right, I have one more pick for you because I know you're sitting home alone um, sometimes. I know you're just sitting a lot lately, and that's not your usual. Um, no, you at- you never sit. I know it must be very hard. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if you've seen The Heat. Have you seen the movie The Heat? No, oh, no, I haven't. it's super funny. So if you're in a down mood, uh, one night, you know, now that the sun's going down at like three in the afternoon, you can even <laughs> just turn it on. It's on, I know you have direct TV, so it's a pay-per-view on direct TV. It, it's the Melissa McCarthy, Sandra Bullock movie from the summer. And I wanted to see that. I okay. missed it this summer and I don't, I can't believe I missed it because I like both of them and the director, Paul Feig lives here in Pasadena and unbelievably my my son's high school theater teacher is in the movie. He's an act. He's a working actor as well as teaching high school theater. And he plays Melissa McCarthy's dad in the movie. But I just never got my act together to go see it. So we rented it Sunday night. That's what we did when the sun went down at four. We're like sitting on the couch. Julie, it is so funny. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Now it is, you know, an R. So it's not for the faint of heart. But Melissa McCarthy, holy cow, is she funny. So that movie is going to make you happy. Okay, Leon, that's an excellent pick for the week, and I'm definitely going to take you up on that. Yeah, super, super funny. If you don't like bad language, don't rent it. But if you're okay with that, and it's just a, it's a great, you know, female buddy movie, but a lot of heart with the family. But Melissa McCarthy, I mean, she, you know, she's entered for me like the Bill Murray phase where there's like nothing she can do that doesn't make me laugh. Like everything she does makes me laugh. So uh, she was fantastic. All right. Um, two things. I know now we go into campaign mode. We need you to vote on a couple of things. Well, <laughs> and it, is- it is election day. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. So if you're not in New Jersey or New York, uh, actually voting, you can um, you can vote for the Satellite Sisters in a couple of ways. First, we have the podcast awards happening. We've been nominated, thanks to you all, in a couple of categories, the People's Choice and um, the General Category. Uh, so if you go to podcastawards.com, it is unfortunately a two-step process. As Liz mentioned last week, They are really concerned about voting fraud there at the podcast awards. We think it's the gaming podcast that maybe rigged the system last year. So you're going to vote and they're going to send you an email verification uh, to the email address you give them. For some people, those email verifications have been ending up in their spam. Yes. So you have to verify your vote. It's vote and then verify. So we appreciate all your votes. That voting runs for 10 more days. You can vote once a day. People's Choice, General. Also, our our friends, the History Chicks, are in the education category. If you're voting simultaneously, why not put in a vote for them? So that's one thing. And then another thing I just sort of became aware of yesterday – Goodreads, which is uh, the big, um, you know, social network for readers, Julie, where people go on and they recommend books and it's authors and it's readers and it's people sharing reading lists and book clubs and stuff. Um, Very popular site. They do a a choice awards. 
Now, Elizabeth, the first wife, was not nominated outright for any award. I understand. I get it. Okay, can't compete with David Sedaris. But I'm trying to mount a writing campaign, Jewel. Oh, I like that. So in, and I'm strategic because I'm channeling Liz Dolan, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be written in for like the general fiction category. That's like Donna Tartt, you know, again, much bigger books than me with bigger names. Uh, but I think I got a shot in the, in the romance category and I would put Elizabeth, the first wife in the romance category. Uh, it's not a, it's not a bodice ripper, but it's romantic. So, um, so if you're a good reads person, if you're a good reader, you do have to be logged into the site to write in. Elizabeth, the first wife in the romance category, I would appreciate it tremendously. It's only a five day thing. So you have to do it by the ninth. So, and you only have to do it once. (laughs) It's not, not every day, but if you haven't registered for Goodreads and you want to check it out, well, here's a good reason to do so. Uh, But if you already are registered on Goodreads and you're voting, um, wanted to vote anyway on their first round of nominations, if you would write in Elizabeth, the first wife in romance, I would really, really appreciate it. Very much. Okay, Liam, we'll do that. And it's not some big onerous task to re- register at Goodreads. I, you know, I don't think, I don't recall how, what, how long it took when I registered a couple of years ago. I don't, oh. I don't think it's that big a deal. So, oh. um, and you actually, if you are a reader, it's a good place to be anyway. Uh, there are lots of book giveaways on Goodreads and stuff like that. So if you're interested oh. in participating in that and you can register for people's reviews and authors have certain fan sites if you're into it. And it's just a real community of readers. I actually enjoy seeing what other people have to say about the books they read. And I like doing it. I like doing it, and and I, I I saw like that. Oh, you can do write in. Oh, they take the top five. Okay, maybe I got a shot to get Elizabeth, the first wife, in the romance category. So there you have it. Um, we got uh, anything vote, else? Vote, play vote often, <laughs> and we appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. We really appreciate it. Um, anything else, Jewel? We got anything? Nope. Else? I wish you luck with that interviewing and get that eye moisturizer in the mail right away. <laughs> I am. Eye cream, always. Capital letters. Uh, All right, we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.